Welcome to the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. Yeah, thanks for making it out. I know we played around with a couple different timelines and you're usually training people at first thing in the morning when we when we typically record the episode so yeah. kind of worked around your schedule and everything to to get it to work out but yeah uh, thank you you're welcome yeah so just excite me so. so tell so you're new to the Flowcast. tell everybody that's listening in who you are and what you do a little bit about your backstory yeah so i'm i'm josh chessman that's right and uh, for what I do, I'm going to say that I try. Keep it simple. Yeah, you try. You're also, you know, a very accomplished personal trainer. You've been doing that a lot of years. And you've built up to the point where you're running multiple businesses. You're a, you're a business owner and everything. And not just the trainer aspect, but in multiple fields. So it's very yeah. true that you do try in a lot of different areas and, and like to push yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like to push myself, man. You're right. You know me well, though. <laughs> yeah, and that's why this will be a fun conversation for yeah. sure. Um, so with that, there's a couple things that uh, you're really pushing the the limits of right now. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, you've you've developed this interesting niche of your own as far as as challenges go. Um, do you want to briefly go over what it is that you did last year? Sure. Yeah. So we did, some people might have heard of it. It was called Locked and Loaded 24 Hours of Isolation, LL24H. Just looks good on a t-shirt. <laughs> and essentially, it was, a, it was a really long endurance race, which was strictly running on a non-motorized treadmill. We partnered with Trueform. And the challenge was running in a shipping container for 24 hours. So the endurance component was huge because it was 24 hours. You didn't know how long you uh, really had no idea what time it was, but you had to try to clock as many kilometers or miles as you could. So that's where the endurance comes in. And we wanted to make it unique and we realized that uh, it had never been done before. So John Witzing and I created this sensory deprived race. So that meant that it was... Um, I mean, the intention was deprive yourself and all the competitors, participants of every of every sense possible. So it was pitch black in there, so we couldn't see anything, and we really did accomplish that with the production team. They really helped us uh, keep it completely dark. And I, I mean, you could taste like you can taste sweat, sure, you can yeah. smell, but it doesn't smell like much. Mm-hmm. And really, you could only hear yourself in there yeah so we did that as a fundraiser and it it was really cool we met a lot of really cool people on the way a lot of accomplished people that became part of our advisory panel and we had a production team that was pretty much thrown into something that they had never done (laughs) and like they did an exceptional job and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been what it was if it wasn't for the whole team Right. Yeah. No, the production of it was really impressive. And I watched as much of it as I could. You know, you guys were going for 24 hours. So I kind of jumped back in after I went to bed while you were still going on that true form. But 
it was uh I, you can probably I'll, I'll throw up like the links or whatever in the show notes because oh cool you'll check it out there's i know some of the trailers for it really do a great job of explaining it too yeah I, I wanted to bring it up because it's interesting. You know, here we we do sensory deprivation in a different aspect. <laughs> and I always mention like the flow cast is a little bit different from what we do at Flow Spot. It's not exactly the same thing, but there's always that overlap. Um, and we are filming here too. So, yeah. so uh, but in, it's interesting, right? You're, you created something that uses that sensory deprivation aspect in a much more hardcore way than the, what we do. And also, you know, even goes into some of the some of the people that have studied kind of this idea of solitude. Uh, there's a book on the shelf over there that really gets into sensory deprivation in oh, more sweet. of the negative way. So I looked at that. Yeah, well, you can borrow it too. Okay. Like, you can definitely borrow it um, because it's talking more about sens- sensory deprivation and that prolonged. Uh, like sort of reduction in, in stimuli, but also that prolonged forced so- enforced solitude, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's not like something that you volunteered for. And I know that there's a little bit of a different aspect with you, but I've heard you talk about how much even like it felt kind of traumatic at times because it was so dark, you know, you're, you're trying to keep yourself awake and everything, mm-hmm. but your body wants to go to sleep because it's, it's just like, pitch black and it's the natural inclination when it's pitch black yeah some crazy stuff and like it's interesting because uh as we'll get into you're diving into it again soon uh to to another level but um something else that's kind of we'll, we'll kind of ebb and flow here and get back into that but you you've uh started to do a lot of research into uh, breath work and and things like that. And tell me you've got a a seminar or a workshop coming up and I want to know more, tell everybody about that because it's definitely something that is aligned with the interest of, you know, everybody that's listening and, and what we do here at flow spa, as well as like a lot of what you're doing now with the gym and, and uh, the community involvement with this workshop. So, so what do you have going on? So we decided we wanted to create a workshop uh, about breathing, essentially. And the reason the reason we did that is because, uh, yeah, I took a course, the Art of Breath, from Brian McKenzie and Rob Wilson, and it was it was really astounding. Some of the stuff I learned, and it was some really, really like tangible takeaways. That was like, holy, like, okay, so that's what that is. And uh, I'm trying not to swear, so not the swear cast. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, it's okay. Whatever you need to do. I know that's more of your personality, and I don't try to force anything. <laughs> I'll try to. I'll it's try okay. to. Yeah, relax a little. <laughs> so yeah, I, I learned a lot of really cool stuff with that, and I was interested in breathing a little bit more before. Like, I mean, I've I've been you know, in and out of yoga for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, I focused on normal nasal breathing, Mm -hmm. or as I just knew it at the time, breathing through your nose, like the simplest stuff ever to help you relax. And it worked, it worked really well in yoga. And I always felt really great coming out. So that's probably where it started is realizing that breathing can change how you feel. 
So, yeah. and this is kind of coming out of me because I haven't thought all about the origins. So this is good you're prompting this. And yeah, this course is awesome. Art of Breath course. I would recommend it to anyone. So I'm taking a lot of notes from that and trying to just condense it with some other things that I've learned throughout some of these more extreme endurance challenges and some basic things that I've learned from coaches I've had in the past. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're doing this breath workshop and the purpose of it is just to educate people on how you can, how you can just pay attention more to breathing and why it matters, but more specifically in a setting of, of endurance. It's kind of the, I guess the niche, Mm -hmm. um, Pretty much anyone can get anything out of it, such as how to breathe for recovery. Whether you're like super active or not, recovery is, well, I'm sitting in flow spot. Recovery is extremely important, right? Totally. And I think most people, including myself, aren't focused enough on that. So yeah, how to breathe for recovery is gonna be really important. Um, How to breathe to maximize your endurance uh, can i just jump right into stuff yeah absolutely yeah. so one thing i'm really fascinated with and this is something i didn't think about before and it's probably just because i'm not a really like hardcore science guy like you like to you understand the chemistry of things and i always go to you for things like this but just how the aerobic and anaerobic system are connected and how it's almost just like one unit it's like one system and it's like a volume dial that can just easily go up and down depending on things like breath and things like different responses and hormonal changes. And I didn't realize it was that easy to switch it back and forth or how sensitive your body was to that. So on the flip side, how easy it is to control that. Yeah. So for things like endurance, when you're you know, you know, you might be trying to go for an extended period of time if you're doing a run or in my case, so we'll bring it back sure. 24 hours and I'm trying to run or jog as much of it as I can. Mm-hmm. Getting gassed wasn't really an option, right? I right. was already trying to fight the feelings of falling asleep because I was really tired. It was late. I was physically tired plus no stimulus. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Paul Cochera, who was our our coach from Trueform, who's a beauty, by the way, he taught us like one of the first things was actually just continuously breathing through your nose. And I didn't totally make the connection at the time. Right. But now I know a lot of the science behind it. And one thing that I discovered, and I'll actually share this in the workshop. This is just a personal thing. I used to get um, cramping in my in my neck, like my levator scapula and my upper trap throughout runs after like 10 minutes, anything after 10 minutes, I'd get this burn hmm. and I would just try to pull my shoulders down, right? I was kind of hypercritical of that and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can sense this. What's going on? Like I, I'm noticing what can I do to change that? So when I started doing this nasal breathing, who Coach Paul recommended we do that, I was running for two hours straight and nothing here, nothing. And that was, aside from running on the the true form, there was no difference. And right. I tried doing that outside, doing trail runs, same thing, no burn here. So like what I can relate that to likely is breathing through your nose, uh, gets you to signal your diaphragm more. 
or you know, uh, get your diaphragm to work more. So you breathe a little bit deeper and your secondary respiratory muscles aren't working as hard. So likely I was just breathing a little shallow, okay. breathing through my mouth when I was getting tired. And these secondary respiratory muscles were just getting fatigued and starting to burn. And it was super uncomfortable for like hours sometimes. So is that like a, that's, that's amazing. Is that a sign of like not being as efficient with oxygen? Is it all about breathing through your nose versus breathing through your mouth and how much uh, you're sort of able to oxygenate the body or is that related to it at all? So I think I kind of, I'm trying to just simplify it for people and say like, what is your objective? So mm -hmm. for me, when I was doing those runs, it was just pretty much to run for two hours at a moderate pace. So the cool thing about this is, we'll talk about this in the workshop, is you can use your breath, specifically your nose or nasal breathing to help regulate your intensity. Hmm. So um, I don't know the, the number. I don't know how we'd figure this out. But most people, I'm just going to throw a generalized term. Most people that are, when they're training endurance, uh, is going to be probably around like 60 to 70% of their max heart rate, they'll be able to breathe through their nose. It would be somewhere around there. I don't know. Anywhere higher and they would start to breathe through the mouth because they're, they can't tolerate those amounts of carbon dioxide. They're maybe not in as good of positions to breathe. And they, they haven't practiced nasal breathing. It's something you got to practice, right? Especially when you're doing endurance or, or a lot of sports in that way. So it does go back to your, your kind of statement of like, does it have, or your question about like, does it have anything to do with how your body's utilizing, utilizing oxygen? I mean, straight up, you're trying to, um, use that nose to regulate your intensity so that you know if you're going to burn out or not. Um, what's, what I thought was really cool, this neck thing, another takeaway, but exhaling through your mouth. So it's, it's, it was two, it was two parts. So I, I learned, um, inhaling through my nose, I was getting less cramping, mm -hmm. inhaling through my nose. I was relaxing in yoga more, um, inhaling through my nose. I was using my diaphragm more. So probably other things were happening, but then I started learning about what the exhale does and how that actually even matters. Like it does. And so some of the takeaways from that were exhaling through your nose, great way to regulate uh, your intensity through CO2 because you're not releasing as much or expiring as much CO2 as through your mouth. And the I we talked about this the other day, and this was like groundbreaking to me. I'm like, the fuels you burn exhaling through your nose, th then through your mouth is completely different. So they did a study, Rob Wilson did this study, where he walked his dog around the block. He did the same block, and he, he has, I forget what the mask is called, but it tests or measures how much I think carbon dioxide. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know. We'd have to look back at it. Sure. But he did the same loop once he was breathing exclusively through his nose in and out. And then the next one he was breathing in and out through his mouth. And what it showed through the results is that he burned a lot more fat during the nasal breathing and he burned a lot more glycogen mm -hmm. through the second one and it was the same intensity. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking at that from an endurance standpoint, if you're doing the same intensity, if you're going to measure say heart rate, 
why would you want a, a less efficient uh, type of fuel for that? Right. Like the, it, it doesn't make any sense unless you wanted to fatigue or tire out. So I don't know. I thought that was like insane. Yeah, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, and yeah, the only reason that I, I mean, the the breathwork seminar is going to be mostly for beginners sort of level. It's not like you have to be an advanced athlete no. of any sort. No, we're kind of digging into it a little bit more. Cool. Most people probably don't give a shit about like the types of fuel you're burning. Right. But I mean, if we can tell you like you'll be able to go longer on this than this. Yeah. Great. Good takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another uh, another thing that I, I really liked about it was, again, it's just like exhaling here versus here. Um, what was I going to say there? So in, sorry, inhaling. So inhaling through your nose, uh, when you use your diaphragm, which is easier to use when you breathe in through your nose, mm -hmm. it innervates with your phrenic nerve, which helps you stay relaxed. I'm yeah. sure you already knew that. But for me, I was like, shit, this makes sense. <laughs> so when people are like, breathe through your nose, take a deep breath. It's like, well, why? And it's like, yes, why once? And you get the answer. Nervous system. Yeah. Which is friggin' awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah, one thing I've been trying to like, I've been, I've been my own um, guinea pig on all this stuff. So I've been trying this breath work when I'm getting stressed out, if I'm in a conversation or an argument or something, I'll now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, how's, what's my breathing like? Is it changing? Is yeah. it getting shallow? Is it still deep? Is it, is it short? Like, can I control that? And the answer is usually like, if you're aware of it, that's the first step. And then to try to control it or, um, redirect it. Right. Totally. Yeah. That's, uh, and yeah, the reason that I asked kind of about the, the oxygen side of it is because while you've been doing this, this, um, breathwork course of your own i've also been digging into the whole wim hof method wim hof. yeah and <laughs> and you know his whole core philosophy is around oxygen and helping to oxygenate the body further so that you can essentially utilize that for different for different aspects and tap in to parts of the body and parts of the nervous system that we didn't even know or didn't even believe scientists still have a hard time believing is possible but he's proving that it's possible and it's cool stuff and lots of of connections you know just different yeah. terminology and things sure. overlapping these courses so i just found it really uh fascinating and interesting and what's what's one takeaway that was there something or maybe there's several things that you learned from this course where you were just like dumbfounded where you're like this is um so there's I've got, I'm on the second last week, so I'm almost done. So it's been a 10 week course that I've been going through. And I think like a lot of the science I already knew, cause he talks about that a lot on the podcast he's been on the documentary on, on YouTube, the vice documentary goes into superhuman. It's, I think it's called the Iceman. I think the vice one's called, there is another one called superhuman or something. Is it? It's like 40 minutes or something. Yeah. Maybe it is the same one. I thought it was called like the Iceman. Maybe it is. Anyway. It's been a while. Yeah. There's a couple, there's a couple long good documentaries on YouTube about Wim Hof. And I think one of the things it's more actually the application than something that I didn't know. And I kind of mentioned this to you the other day as well, but it's, 
it's actually learning how to do the technique properly and then being consistent with practicing it really gets you to realize the the deeper value of it. But the one thing that it's funny, I guess the one aha moment or the one major realization I had that really like set this apart as something, wow, like breath work actually does something pretty amazing mm-hmm. was I understand better the whole like mysticism of humanity and like the spirituality aspect because some of these these breathing techniques are designed to tap into releasing DMT huh. and and tapping into the pineal gland and learning how to uh, hyperoxygenate the brain and get like you essentially have like little mini uh, hallucinations or, or visions. You can get to that point just through oxygen and through breathing, which is is crazy to me, right? Like yeah. it's it's something that you think that only comes with I don't know psychedelic drug use or whatever, but the yeah. like all of those things originate from something that the human body is capable of by itself which is just like mind blowing. Hmm. So that's, that's been the biggest thing, but even, even just seeing the progression that you can make with it has been really cool. Like uh, the one week that focuses on endurance is all about uh, being able to increase your, your uh, breath hold pushups that you can do. Oh, right. Yeah. You talked about that. And with consistent practice of the breathing and learning how to retain more oxygen in your body, therefore can retain more oxygen in your muscles and you're able to do more push-ups like i think wim can do 50 or 60 on a breath hold something like that which yeah, super intense which even i can recall from when he was on joe rogan's podcast mm-hmm. joe said that was impossible but i i've worked up from doing like 11 to 18 or something like that sweet okay so which seems within one week right yeah not even yeah. over a long time so yeah to see what he could do over years right of practice mm. it, it's he's he's defying the laws of like human limits in a lot of ways and it's uh it's been cool to to test yeah. out some of that stuff yeah no that's interesting man um I, i'm kind of wondering this is just a, keeping a conversation there's concrete yeah. dust in my hair so <laughs> yeah you're i saw that oh, man. video this morning that you were talking about <laughs> it just stands right natural up natural right hair gel oh man well, what do they call it? Uh, oh, yeah, just dry shampoo, man. Mix up bag of con. You don't have to mix it up. Just put a bit and just <laughs> sprinkle it in your hair. And oh yeah, you get that nice gray look, man. That silver fox. Uh, yeah, that we're all going for. <laughs> um. So okay. So he's talking about uh, big breath in and then a breath hold. Well, there's there's a couple different aspects to the Wim Hof method. So I mean, very briefly, because it deserves its own episode and its own seminar of its own really like some yeah. some more work but yeah uh there's there's kind of i break it down i see it as two different things so there's a there's the hyperoxygenation. so you're doing a lot of deep breathing without exhaling all the way so mm-hmm. that your body's increasing its oxygen levels and then there's two different things if you're going for relaxation you're doing it on, you're basically doing a, a breath out and holding after the breath is like holding at the bottom of the breath when there's no oxygen in your lungs and just kind of letting that be and just relaxing into that. 
is sort of to turn down the sympathetic nervous system. But at the end of that is where you get, you actually, you get really relaxed and calm from it. But at the end you get the spike because your breath's being held and your brain goes into overdrive to say, whoa, there's something going on here. Yeah. Are you and, dying or not? Yeah. yeah. And as he's shown, like you can spike um, your, your, your adrenaline levels more than a bungee jump just by doing this is what really sort of, yeah so compared to a bungee jump like whims able and this is this is part of how he's able to fight off like cold viruses and increase his immune system to be able to like combat the cold virus because you can spike hormone release with it yeah with just from breathing or from holding or yeah, yeah. just through this whole breath mechanism and and kind of it taps into the brain in, in a really neat way. Uh, and then the other side of it is more of like an energizing breath. So they're more rapid, but you're still trying to do the fully oxygenating, but they're more rapid breaths. And then at the end, you're holding your breath on an inhale. And that's to, um, the, the idea is then you're trying to force that blood into either like into your chest. All right. You can actually like force it into your thyroid, uh, which is for suppose I didn't know this, but supposedly the thyroid's linked to creativity, hmm. which uh, I'll have to. It'll have to be another topic because it's yeah. interesting because you know creativity and flow go hand in hand, uh, but also forcing it into the the brain, which once again is the whole tapping into the pineal gland and being able to release DMT. Uh, I don't know if that one's been validated yet. But it's interesting, and it's Joe worth, Rogan would be excited. To oh, find totally! Out. It would be worth it. Would be worth diving into more and, and seeing if that's that's really the case. But it's it's cool. Uh, basically, forcing blood into the the brain to oxygenate tissues that don't always get so mm. much blood. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> there's some straight up crazy shit, and then there's some super normal stuff that will just help people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and it's. It is. It's the most normal thing there is. It's yeah. it's breathing. Yeah. And I liked something you said the other day, which is that I think it came from Brian McKenzie and these guys talking about the the kind of and it goes back last week. We were talking about the different pillars of recovery. Oh, and the right. different aspects of, of recovery. Yeah. And I left this one out, knowing that I was getting you on here because it's <laughs> sort of your new pillar that you've kind of incorporated in there is this whole breathing and you yeah. think you think, or they think, or you now agree with it. Yeah. This idea that breath is where would you rank it more important than like nutrition? Yeah. And I wouldn't have before and I wouldn't have even really thought about it like too much. I would have yeah. talked about some like my experiences running long distance and like, you know, maybe try breathing through your nose like pulling from yoga and there's obviously a ton of wisdom from yoga, but I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So basically their philosophy, Brian McKenzie said this. I, yeah, exactly. I just agree with it. I didn't come up with it, but it's, it makes so much sense. So he basically talks about uh, some of the more common pillars with, with just life or quality of life or performance. And that would be sleep would be up there talking about nutrition, water, and then usually uh, like in past training jobs, it was stress. Mm -hmm. So uh, which is makes makes so much sense. It's uh, has an has a, uh, an effect on everything we do. 
But I think more importantly, breathing has an effect even on stress. So I don't know why that wasn't that pillar before. I just didn't think about it enough. So what Brian McKenzie says is based on what you'll die from first without, right? So that is breath. It's going to be a couple minutes. I think the world record is like 20 or 22 minutes. Is it? Without without oxygen or yeah. with a breath hold? I think a breath hold. Wow, that's long. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he was saying he can get most people to hold their breath for two minutes and that's pretty. Right. And I think we have... I, I've done that from the Wim Hof breathing before. Yeah. And that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I think two and a half minutes. I know Dan probably gets like three each time because he's probably. just a freak. Yeah. So what was I saying? Yeah. You were saying Dan, 30, three minute or more because yeah, he's a freak. Dan's a freak. But yeah, we, we can't hold our breath that long. Yeah. And that's where it becomes kind of this this new pillar of, yeah. of life and everything. Yeah. If it's so crucial for life then it must be crucial for everything else. Right. So then we look at like the next most important thing, which would be water. How, water. how long? Oh, I forget if it's yeah, water or sleep. I think you said it was water. Yeah, which makes sense. We, we can't go with water and then sleep. Like and we then, can go a little bit longer. And then, and then food's food. after that. Yeah, because there's tons of people that fast for a long time. Yeah. Like month, I think yeah. a month fast, right? Yeah, I think. In religion, maybe I don't know exactly where, but something like that. There, well, most of those fasts, there are definitely people that have gone true fasts for very long times. Most of the, yeah. like the the religious ones, I think you kind of you get to eat when the sun goes down or something. Okay, I yeah. maybe there may be some that are a little more strict with like an actual extended fast. I may have forgotten about, but uh, no, people have gone and shown that they can go even. I, the, the the longest fast is something ridiculous because but it was it was done i believe by somebody like quite overweight lots of fuel to to pull yeah. from i may be even under exaggerating but it was like either like 154 days or it was like over a year something like ridiculous to not eat anything and just subsist off of the fuel your body already has i can't imagine what i you'd feel i know although a lot of people say that they they you get through those i think like the first two or three days of like an extended fast is after that is where it becomes somewhat easier mm-hmm. and this is just out of pure curiosity don't try this at home kind of thing <laughs> should make that disclaimer because yeah. uh yeah, definitely don't want people going into a fast without any kind of like medical supervision or right. or consultations. But yeah, uh, yeah, know the like, and I talked about it too. And last year when I wrote that book about the different challenges, and there was the twenty one mindset. Yeah, yeah, and there is there's a a challenge to do the fasting right to kind of reset your perspective on food and nutrition and seeing that you can get by with a lot less than you thought you could. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's pretty interesting, but I mean, what's interesting about it too, is like how, how there's tons of people that don't really probably know this, like know those four pillars mm-hmm. or that just don't give a shit about them. Yeah. Because like you're going to live if you don't focus on your breathing. Right. You're, you're still going to, you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still subconscious as much as you want it to be. Yeah. Or as much as you don't focus on making it conscious, 
Yeah. And you can eat like shit and <laughs> feel okay maybe and not really sleep well and like definitely not drink enough water and like still live. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's crazy to think about uh, even if you pick something like breathing, how much that can change everything. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound like a friggin' hokey, like, I mean, I still take isogenics procs, but I'm going to throw that <laughs> under the bus. Like, I'm not going to start, like, stand on the chair shouting, like, breath work, breath work, breath work. But I, I might do a little bit of that after the Wim Hof method. Oh, yeah, we'll get up. <laughs> yeah, we'll be, we'll be friggin' caked with it. Yeah, we'll be hallucinating. But it's more just fascinating. And yeah. it's like, you know what? It's free. Yeah. You're not selling anything. You're going to teach someone a breathing technique. And then... They can try it. And then I think the best way to see if this kind of stuff works, like with anything, is stop trying it for a week and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. If you feel worse, then probably was working. Right. But you don't need to take, you know, your word for it or my word for it. See how you feel. Yeah, totally. That's, any, anything. I think that I think that's good advice because I think there's not anything specific holding people back a lot of the time. It's just not going for it, really, right? It's it's such a simple thing. And although to make it even more simple, do you have, are there any techniques you're talking about as far as like how people can incorporate this if it's something new to them? Or is that something you've thought of at all? It's it's not something I thought about, but we can talk about it right now. And yeah. I think I think just from what I've learned and what I've, what I've practiced now, it would just be to breathe through your nose, like, you don't have to be into endurance, performance, have a gym membership, anything. Just breathe in, in and out through your nose as much as possible. And like you'll start to see immediate benefits. Mm -hmm. Like uh, such as, you know, slightly more relaxed. And your energy is probably going to go up a little bit. And you're probably a little bit more focused. There's probably different things like that that most people would feel. And I mean, that's easy to start doing. Totally. Yeah. You just got to remind yourself more often. Yeah. It's not, and I'm sure you've tackled bigger challenges with like training people and things in the past as far as getting that incorporated in their routine. So yeah, this is something that's really, there's zero barrier to entry. And if there is something holding you back, like there's so many different options. You can set an alarm on your phone and just do one minute of, of breathing and notice how much different you feel. Yeah. Or, I actually, it's been interesting for a while now. I always seem to find the clock when it's 11, 11. And so I always, I, so I take that moment. Even That's that though, studio in Lindsay. What's that? It's called 11, 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. Telsey knows about it. Well, I knew the girl. I know the girl that runs it. Cool. I think it's called 11, 11. Yeah. Okay. All numbers. Yeah. I don't know. It just, anyway. I happen upon that time a lot. And so I always take that as like a, a minute of of sort of meditative breathing and just mm. just getting that that deep breath in even though it's something that it does become very natural and it's like it's like with any habit it's all about building upon it so that's why finding a time like that during the day is something you could stack it upon because habit stacking is really effective so yeah or you can do it you're not breathing through your mouth when you're brushing your teeth anyway yeah. You, you could do your deep yeah. breathing when you're brushing your teeth. Yeah, don't add it in. Just if, if like, like we know because we're kind of in the industry of talking to people about habits and stuff. But 
Yeah, don't add it. If you're if you're stressing out about time, like don't have it a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Do it when you're driving. I started doing it more like now I do it all the time, but I'll be riding my bike. Yeah. And uh, you can learn a lot about yourself by breathing through your nose, such as like, what's my body position like? Um, if I Am I getting shorter breath because I'm like hunched? Maybe. Maybe I need to fix that. It's like the ultimate awareness tool. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah. And people don't even need to notice that you're doing it. You just no. close your mouth and do what you're normally doing. You're just more focused on what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people realize this sometimes when if they've got zero experience in it when they come in and float or do something like that because it's it's the only thing you're aware of is your breathing and your heart rate mm. and it's, it becomes really interesting when that's the the sole focus and you don't have so many distractions but and it's a great starting point but as is core to the philosophy here it's all about implementing that into your daily life as well because mm-hmm. like you said it's so important for that stress mitigation and everything and uh it's just i don't know it's a great piece of the puzzle that starts to unlock a lot of other things too and, yeah and like you said it's so easy and so free so i'd say so free yeah just so free test test it out for yourself and yeah and learn more by coming into the the breathwork seminar and, yeah. and kind of getting more of the details on how it can even further enhance your your performance and everything. I think that's super cool and interesting to me. Uh, is there any so with with like a where's when something you have to put a hundred percent effort into it? Are you supposed to, or is it better to still breathe through your nose, or when do you like when is it where like you're just needing to draw in as much air as possible is it is it okay to flip the yeah or do they say anything about that uh, i don't know if they do exactly but like there there is a, a time when you would and so here's the thing we're trying this so this gets into like aerobic and anaerobic capacity mm-hmm. as kind of the one unit and we talk about it being like a volume switch or a toggle switch um the biggest part of this system is our aerobic system aerobic we spend more time in an aerobic zone than in an anaerobic zone so we're talking about uh i don't know the best way to simplify this oxygenated versus non-oxygenated so basically Mm -hmm. things you can sustain versus things that you can only do for a short time so the example is maybe like walking for most people and chasing a car right so maybe that's the best example we i so or pulling a car pulling a car pulling a truck yeah fire truck on the lawn <laughs> <laughs> with a harness on yeah yeah anaerobic awesome good good example and most people can relate to that <laughs> <laughs> or flipping a tire for yeah. how many kilometers oh that was i was thinking about that the other day i don't know that was at least two yeah something like that we flipped the tire for 2k one workout super monotonous my fucking arms were raw after my shoulders were just pooped <laughs> yeah you were flipping it with one hand you're fine <laughs> yeah yeah that was good work uh so we're talking about when to breathe um so we sh- most of what we're doing in kind of our day-to-day or even performance wise is aerobic and it should be so breathing through your nose is going to be better it's not always going to be 
that easy just because I'm saying to do it. Mm -hmm. So essentially when you feel like you need to get more air in and if you've trained yourself to be in a good position and you've trained yourself to do nasal breathing so that you can you can sustain that, if you feel like you need to get more air in, then you just start breathing through your mouth. It's a simple switch. It doesn't take time. You're going to know that right away. You're going to automatically open your mouth if you need to get more air in, right? Especially if mm -hmm. you're training to do this. But um, I guess it's just a less efficient system. So to go harder and faster, more efficient, but it's short term because we're talking about glycogen. Obviously, you know tons about that. And it also um, triggers your sympathetic nervous system, which is good sometimes, but you wouldn't want that long term. Right. So it's kind of about a balance. So I guess the kind of cool parts to it are it does change the fuel you're burning. So your energy storages are different or energy uses. It changes your state of mind and it changes your nervous system. So, I mean, those are like pretty big and I don't know how those affect, how those things affect everything. Hmm. I just know some stuff about that. Right. I, I can imagine we're going to learn some crazy things in the next year, uh, studying breath work more. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But yeah, there's some basic things that you can see immediate effect from. Cool. So that's it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Essentially that's it. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, Something before we get on to the, the, the next topic that uh, I wanted to get into, I, just kind of as, as a, a brief segue into all this, I don't know, these like micro biohack things, but yeah, you're wearing, you're huh. wearing these glasses that you, you haven't had on for, I didn't even know that you needed glasses or anything, but I figured out or I found out the other day what they're all about. So what, what's, yeah. what's up, what's the deal with the glasses? Cause it's something we've touched on in, in the podcast in the last couple episodes, particularly with uh, digital minimalism and talking about the damage of blue screens. Cool. I didn't, so. I didn't listen to that one, but that's cool. Yeah. They're, uh, they're not prescription. My site's great. <laughs> I'm a hack. No, these are honestly, they're just blue light blocking glasses. And, uh, a friend of mine who who you know as well, Mitch from Insight Optical, so like across the street from the gym in Peterborough, I went in to talk to him about that because I was basically in a in a position where I was like, I want to try to improve my sleep if I can, and chances are I'm going to be spending some time in front of a screen. Mm -hmm. I'm not like a hundred percent bookworm at night, right. or or you know I I yeah these lights are the the studio lights the are, studio are, lights man yeah they're the pretty bright and right and they're not. They're not dimmed like I usually like in the evening. Yeah, but better for this, right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to be exposed to lights just like most people, uh, even though I do have this weird compulsion to, like, shut lights off at, like, 8.30 p.m. and pretty <laughs> much stumble in the dark <laughs> and, like, step on shit and, like, try to maneuver. I'll brush my teeth in the dark in the bathroom, and it's, like, I just like the feeling of it, oh, right? Because yeah. it doesn't stimulate me. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, lights, phones, screens... It just uh, so that I can produce melatonin at the right time, essentially. And uh, I was going to buy some on Amazon because they were like 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. Number one, I didn't know what glasses would look good on me because I've never had them. And number two, I didn't know really the effect of the, the lens. I didn't know the quality of the lens, I guess. Right. And he educated me on basically there's different qualities. And 
something when you actually go to an optician, the lens that they can provide you is, uh, is I think it's up to six, uh, is it up to 60% blockage of blue light versus like 30? Okay. So, I mean, like yeah. it may, it, I guess it's, it depends on how serious you want to take it. Sure. For me, I was like, yeah, I'll spend money on glasses to, to potentially help something a little bit. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, some people might not give a shit about that. It's super cool because I, before this, the last, the only exposure I've had to blue light blocking glasses was Mike Doherty's orange <laughs> glasses. And I thought oh, they man. all had to be orange, but these ones are, are yeah, clear. The only right? thing is you can see when you're looking closely at them, you can see that the blue light from any yeah. kind of light that is being shone on them is is actually being reflected off which is really cool yeah like i can see this as i'm pointing them up to your light bulbs i can see blue or like a purplish tinge on the front yeah and then i look at the light here and i can't yeah it's magic it is magic it's God, really magic. cool um, yeah it's pretty neat i don't understand have, the science behind it but i'm not have you noticed any difference yet to be honest i haven't but i've been super stimulated before bed like oh, okay. we've had some work meetings and stuff like that where i can just stay up till like two or three yeah sometimes just thinking about stuff so no there's been too many other factors gotcha i think things like um other stimulation mm. will have will override the capacity of this to block blue light yeah for sure like absolutely i think that's uh and it's not like you're making uh mountains out of molehills or anything too it's still a big deal and a lot of people if it's not impacting even if it's not impacting your ability to fall asleep, it's still impacting your quality of sleep, yeah. right? Because the blue light, as we were talking about in the in the last episode, but I'll touch on again, blue light blocks melatonin production. And so the more that you can turn that down at the end of night or at the end of the day, uh, the basically, light, yeah. yeah, with with the sunset, it's going to help your sleep quality because you're getting rid of that unnatural light when it's not supposed to be in your environment. And mm -hmm. so it is a, it is a valuable thing. And, and that's why a lot of the new tech devices have that, that night mode or whatever, yeah. that'll switch to a more orange dim. And even with like these hue light bulbs, I like to switch them more to like the reddish color Sweet. in the evening so that it's do you, Not, do you, you unscrew them and screw new ones in? No, no, no. They, they're LED. So they're, you can oh, control okay. and change the color of them. Like, uh, you have a remote, do you? Well, it's all, it's all controlled through the phone. Yeah. I'll just demonstrate quickly. It's going to change the color on the video, but, uh, just so you can see like this, is what night lights like. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Horrible for camera work. <laughs> Absolutely. But, <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah. Cool, man. And so switching those lights into more of the, the red instead of the the more concentrate mode or like yeah. blue color or pure white kind of color. And, and you know what a classic example of like that? I, again, you could just, someone's not sure if it makes any sense or if it's true. You ever try falling asleep in a hospital? Yeah. Man, it's like, <laughs> like so much blue light. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're so stimulated in a hospital. And I think that's even why schools started to incorporate uh, like the compact, compact fluorescent bulbs is because it would keep kids awake more. That makes sense. I never heard that, but that. I think that was kind of the part of the, the shift to like yeah. the, the giant bright bulbs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why 
that's part of why we still have the lights at house. Yeah. Is to, we want it to be stimulating. Yeah. Which is, you know, maybe a little bit harder when you're doing breath work in that, but that's a, that's a stimulating zone mm -hmm. and hopefully every way possible. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, overhead, lots of super bright overhead lights. Mm -hmm. Keeps you up. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're speaking of that. Yeah. Speaking of that, you're embarking on a, another journey to keep yourself up in a sensory deprivation aspect. And it's coming up in the next couple months, you're working on it. And I know you've recently, been uh, sharing giving the the big reveal about what's going on so talk about whatever you want to share about it it's uh it's something that you're keeping local to peterborough right super local super local so yeah i kind of threw this i threw like an instagram post out being like all right who's who's got something for me kind of thing like i'm ready to do something really hard and you know physically and mentally just like you did last year yeah. kind of like expanding or or yeah. seeing if you could push the boundaries even further or right. what kind of came out of the woodwork as far as ideas yeah so i was like yeah i'm open to ideas send me a message i got quite a few responses and a lot of them would have required me to take like the summer off work <laughs> and so i was like well i i don't think so like <laughs> Hiking the Appalachian mountain range, <laughs> running across Canada. I was like, okay, what I learned from this last challenge is like, I don't actually like running. So I'm not going to do anything with running in it. I just, I'm, uh, I'm all for pushing things and pushing your comfort zone, but I don't think you need to purely do it with things you don't like doing. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a switch for me. Cause I was <laughs> okay. like, I was pushing myself and like, I don't like this. So I'm going to do it. And eventually you just start to not enjoy life because yeah. you're doing shit you don't like. So, but this is a little different. So, uh, Jordan from new Foss media, who we have a very close connection with, mm -hmm. uh, or commonality. He, he reached out and, and booked a meeting with me and was like, I got a challenge for you. So I was like, Oh, great. Let's talk. And his idea was horrible. <laughs> His idea was to swim across Lake Ontario and uh, I am a really weak swimmer and that's, I, I think that would probably be, probably be the thing I'm the weakest at or the least confident in. As far as like physical challenges yeah, go? Yeah, anything. Like, uh, I don't know for sure, but I think I might be more comfortable in a fight than I would swimming. Okay. Especially like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um we we worked together to craft something out so he reached out i was like great let's do something and he is super action oriented so we put our heads together and the challenge is oh well i gotta do a swim because i suck at swimming so what we thought we were gonna do is so the the challenge is so you're ready for this yeah so it's a 10k swim and i think the idea is we're gonna have blackout goggles okay right yeah and uh, you don't have to act shocked because I know I told you. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my this is, god. This is for this is for everybody else. So you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> this is brand new information. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. I did not know those facts. Yeah. So the idea is I'm gonna do a 10k swim. We're gonna try to plan it locally. So root it somewhere locally. We'll have to do that ahead of time. So it's true, close to 10k. Mm -hmm. 
And then the idea is to continue that sensory deprivation. And I mean, really, it's only going to deprive my sight. Yeah. But it still makes it infinitely more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Because of that whole unknown as far as the distance, like everybody gets that second wind when they know the finish line's coming up. But yeah. what happens when you don't know where the finish line's coming up? It's true, man. That's It's a great way to say it because you really do not know. And there's a lot that goes through your head, good and bad. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that swim. It's going to be around 10 kilometers. And basically what's going to happen is because it's local, we wanted to... Um, I, I wanted to create a little bit more element. I didn't think a 10K swim was going to be enough. So we wanted to make it longer. And... So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to be walked into a shipping container, which is going to be pre-set up with food and probably like a lacrosse ball if I'm getting super stiff. I don't know how fried I'm going to be after this swim. True, yeah. But um, so I'm going to sit down on a rowing machine and do 60 kilometers on a, on a, I think it's going to be a Concept 2 rowing machine, which is a common piece of equipment in most gyms. Great brand of equipment. So 60 kilometers on there. Uh, again, it's going to be sensory deprived. So I think what we're going to do is I'm actually going to have blackout goggles on in there. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of uh, lighting again, like for filming, because the infrared is really tough to get good footage on. Yeah. And it's a lot of hacking and rigging. And so that's probably what's going to happen. So again, I won't know how long I've gone or really uh, how to pace it. Well, I'll touch on that. Mm-hmm. So when I'm done that, I'm going to go on to a ski erg, which you're very familiar with. Yeah. And I'm going to do 60 kilometers on the ski erg. Uh, I don't know what the longest distance ever done on a ski erg is at one time. Do you? Um, people have done over 100K. Have they? Okay. Yeah. So I won't beat that, which is, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. And then when I'm done the ski erg, I'm going to get on, go to an assault bike. And again, I think anyone in a, like a CrossFit gym is familiar with a salt bike i'm gonna do 100 kilometers on there so total it's uh 230 kilometers and uh yeah i mean we kind of crafted out elements that we thought were going to be uh really tough Mm -hmm. we kind of thought it was a nice round number 230 i've never done anywhere close to that the closest i've ever done to that was the run i did last year which was like 80 kilometers Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a little bit easier to clock more kilometers when you're dispersing it, but um, that's the challenge. Yeah. It's going to be sensory deprived. We're going to do it a little bit differently this time and that uh, because there's a fixed distance, it's going to be essentially like a race, like to see how quick I can do it. Okay. And we're, uh, we're, the charity is to be determined, but we're going to give all proceeds, hundred percent proceeds to uh, a local charity Mm -hmm. or a nonprofit. We're just, we're just going to have a few more meetings to figure out who the best fit is. Yep. And we want to get as many local businesses involved as possible. So obviously we're going to be talking later about how we can kind of partner on that. For sure. And this is just about, uh, it's about networking. I'm going to be doing some shit in the shipping container. It really doesn't even matter what I'm doing. There's going to be events outside. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, um, well, I won't say exactly, just yeah, in case it's, worth, it's not confirmed. But details. Yeah, it'll be like a, 
basically like an event outside where people can gather and have fun mm -hmm. while I'm doing that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, putting it in perspective, the EDK that you ran versus everything else, I can't see. I, at first, my first impression was it wouldn't be as bad, but that's like, that's three times as much distance. It's going to be hard. And like skiing takes, skiing sucks after a while. It does. I've done, I don't know what, uh, I did a 10K or whatever, I think. Yeah. Or close to it. And that In takes like, what, a while. 40 minutes or something you did it? Yeah, it takes a while. Uh, rowing sucks after a while, especially like yeah. if those straps get loose and your hip flexors, flexors start having to take a beating. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the assault bike for that much, for 100K. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's more distance than the running you had to do. And assault bike's not easy either. No. I mean, yeah, that's ridiculous. And plus the, the hardest challenge for yourself being the, the swim, since it's yeah. something that you're not well-versed in. Yeah. Yeah. The so if I was to tell you what I'm, uh, I I wouldn't say most afraid of because I like I'm, I'd say I don't know what the word is. The things I'm thinking about the most to yep. to train are just getting way more comfortable with swimming. Yeah, because I need to, especially when it, you take your sight out. I I haven't done that yet, so I can imagine it's going to be really challenging. Yeah, with the water. And honestly, I've done, I did an hour 10 on the skier before my neck was fried. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I got kicked in the head. Like my neck was so stiff. So I'm worried about just like stiffening up to the point where I have to take breaks too infrequently. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So that, and then maybe on the, uh, on the rowing erg, just cause I'm going to be sitting down for so many hours. Like I'm, I'm thinking my low back and like hips might get like extremely stiff yeah so i don't i don't know i have to in training i'm gonna push some distance not anywhere close but i'll kind of experiment with that and just hope that i'm conditioned enough mm -hmm. but i'm not worried about my gas tank at all like i'm the breathing won't be the yeah, issue right right um and it, each one has to be done as a whole unit before yeah. you can move on right yeah so what's the order once you get out of the water so I think we decided and uh, we decided after swimming, it's going to be probably the rowing erg. Okay. And like I, I decided that because I have a feeling my lats and like lat insertion is just going to be friggin' tickled. <laughs> and to do skier after that, like my arms might fall off. <laughs> yeah. So just for the sake of like not seeing a guy sit in a container for 20, 20 hours. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Great. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Friggin' didn't make David it. David Blaine. <laughs> sitting there and just yeah wait for it to get darker <laughs> yeah throw the blindfold off yeah. uh yeah rowing skier just again just to kind of disperse it's kind of just like muscle muscle endurance wise mm -hmm. disperse it and then a salt bike finishes at 100k yeah you know nice very, smooth ending yeah <laughs> very smooth ending yeah cool that's uh i'm looking forward to hearing more about it as it kind of comes up and starts to develop more but i yeah i wanted to talk about it now so that we could get some more awareness out there and, and yeah. start building interest in and in seeing uh who wants to follow along with such a, a crazy thing done 
and and locally you know and supporting yeah. everything locally yeah so just to like conclude this all and wrap it all together the the one thing that that ties us all together and ties this show together is the concept of flow and i just want to dive into that and see i mean i think that you're somebody that's that's found a deep flow state in different aspects of your life and is there is there a time where it kind of comes together as like what so i usually you know briefly explain that just as like a refresher and everything but the flow states that that state of peak performance where you lose sense of time you very you very much are on autopilot in many ways because you're going off of what your subconscious knows to do kind of that that motor memory that's that's been formed over years of practice is really important but not always critical especially in like the earlier stages when it's not something that you've necessarily dug into a whole lot yet mm -hmm. but is there something that comes to mind as like when you first discover that or what is it that like really brought about a flow state or still does to this day for you in life in general you're asking eh? Like yeah no like i mean it's easiest for me to identify with things that are like physical sports mm -hmm. but it totally isn't like did you think that this conversation was an hour long no see like it's it's yeah. any anything like that very much has to do with flow because conversations and and sort of these deep intellectual tacklings are are things that are really good for bringing out flow states because it's something where you can kind of operate at your like peak performance level as far as like uh, brain power, you know, and, and pulling out ideas, tying things together really requires a lot of concentration and like intense effort on on the things that you know. So yeah, there's yeah. there's there's lots of I mean, the more that I see it in things outside of, of physical activity, the more it kind of like comes about in everyday life. But uh, for me, like my first instances of it were definitely as far as like sports go and and uh, and then deeply when I got into strongman because mm -hmm. uh, there's there's definitely like a passion component to it as well. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, especially if you're saying even it can happen in conversations. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think uh, it would have originally came by or uh, was recognized when I was drumming. Cool. Yeah. Music's yeah. and that's actually music's and especially like drumming that that very rhythmic thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. I didn't mean to jump in, but hey, man, no, it's cool. Um. And I guess like at the time, I didn't know what that was. I would just, you know, you'd probably Absolutely. call it focus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But there was times, this is probably when I was like 15, I don't know, 16. So I've been playing drums for quite a while. I'm 17 now. <laughs> so <laughs> how tall are you anyways? <laughs> uh, there was times where I would basically black out live. We'd be playing a show and I remember a show and, uh, you just like come to and you're still playing and like you just don't know where you are in the song. Mm -hmm. Like you, you wrote, a, you're with a band you, you uh, rehearse with and you wrote this song and they're just like looking back at me being like, what the fuck is going on here? And then all of a sudden like you would just go to the next part and like realize that I might have been on that 
extra part for like an extra 20 seconds or something. Cause like I got so sucked into it that I like couldn't focus at all almost. Right. Wow. That's uh just strange. That's, that's very cool. That's like a, a deep state of, of even just like the, a lot of the times the examples come from like jazz musicians cause they go into their riffs and, and they kind of do their solos and, and that's where it's easy to see this example of flow in musicians, but I can definitely see that with, with like the drumming and stuff. Too. Yeah. That's cool. Very yeah. cool. Do you so, think, has it, has it, uh, transferred over or at all in, in like physical aspects? Uh, I, I mean, you, you're, you haven't done a whole lot of, I, I find that like the competition aspect really heightens it. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you've done a whole lot of competition stuff. Like you've, you've competed in strongman a few times, but it's really hard when it's the first, sometimes when it's like the first few, Yeah. it's a little bit too much on that nervous end of the spectrum to really yeah. get into like peak performance. Yeah. I don't think I was acquainted enough with it long enough. Like I did, I think two seasons of it, but yeah. like only a few times. Yeah. Not consistent enough. And running has never been a thing that I've really enjoyed. I think I've probably hit flow state a few times running, but yeah. you know what I think? Uh, I think I do is, and uh, so I must, I must like this is just if I look at a workout and there's just a shit ton of work, like just getting a lot of stuff done. Like I like the uh, my favorite CrossFit workouts are the ones that are super long because I feel like I'm pretty good at pacing them. Okay. So this is kind of like a really long cross training workout, mm -hmm. except I just don't know where I am in it. So I hope I hit a flow state, but at the same time I have to, uh, I'm going to use my breath to like regulate cause so that I can stay at like a steady, whatever percentage to make it through without stopping. Yeah. My goal is not to sleep at all. I don't want to rest at all. Okay. I'll stop. Yeah. But that, was, that was one of the things I think you said you were kind of disappointed about in the run, wasn't it? Yeah, man. I couldn't stay up. Yeah. And I had coffee before. I had um, like two, I don't know what they were, like, I think I, I don't know, cold brew. I had like two cold brews. Okay. I had a coffee in the morning and then I had like one energy shot or something. Yeah. Which is quite a bit, but it was like just the darkness friggin' yeah. closed in over me and I had to sleep. It yeah. was, I've never felt that before where I was trying to fight staying awake so hard and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking the, just the variety. So the slightly less, um, mundane nature of this one, I might be able to stay awake for it. True. And like another thing, well, it's in a shipping container again, right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be closing it up though? Oh yeah. Okay. Super close buddy. Yeah. Well, although you said it's going to be lit possibly so that you can see better this time. Uh, not so I can. So No, I know, but yeah. the cameras. So well, there's still, it's interesting, but I, I'm pretty sure mm. that, that uh, like there's, there's receptors for light Sunlight. other than, other than in your eyes. So yeah. I think it applies more so with, with natural daylight, like actual from the sun, but it would be interesting to see. You may not find yourself being as tired because That's like true. your yeah, body's going to sense light. 
and just like you said with like the hospital at yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's just friggin i'll just be cooking like a friggin egg yeah but the other difference too is i'm i'm gonna pretty much we're gonna start this early in the morning mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna start i'm not gonna be up for 10 hours doing oh, stuff good. and then doing a race so yeah. that's different i don't think i'll fall asleep no no hopefully not and i hope i had some flow yeah it's just gonna be a a shitty 24 hours well that's i don't know i think <laughs> i guess it depends on the the viewers and if they they want to see it be a miserable slog or if yeah if you're enjoying it somewhat because like flow's all about like getting that meaning and enjoyment out of yeah out of what you're doing but no hopefully hopefully you do too get some some moments but it's going to be if it's going to be that miserable it may be hard to to get into it although that's kind of why runners get into that runner's high too is like getting past that that point of misery and then they kind yeah. of get through it and onto the other side. So we'll yeah. see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have you back on as the training comes along to, cool. to see how things are going and, and dive more into this and other topics. So yeah. Beauty. Thanks, thanks Reginald. Thanks Josh. <laughs> beauty man. <laughs> Reginald. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you like listening to the Flowcast, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcast platform. Also, be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating as this helps more people interested in the topics find us. Send us your questions through email or social media through the Flow Spa accounts. You can find us at FlowSpaON on social media or FlowSpa.ca if you want to send us any questions for our Q&A episodes. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again soon.